Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Testing one, two, three, and we are a go. Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of the Lonely Heart Sports Podcast. It's me, Jeremy, your host. I've got Jake alongside me once again. How are you doing today, sir? I'm fantastic. A beautiful day outside. Now I'm just home. I'm ready to do another podcast with you, Jim. Sounds perfect. We've got a lot to talk about. For, for, we got a lot to talk about on today's episode, per usual. Nothing short of anything that's going on in the sports world. Uh, we're going to talk a lot of hockey. We're going to talk about some soccer, talk some baseball, and some other stuff as well. But we'll start off with hockey, and we will try to preview the upcoming Stanley Cup playoffs. So the field is set. All 16 teams are set, but the matchups are not determined in the West Division. The matchups for the North, Cent- North, Central, and East Divisions are set. We're just looking to see what happens uh, later on tonight and possibly tomorrow in the West to determine that. But like I said, the 16 teams are already set. We've got Carolina, Nashville, Florida, and Tampa Bay in the central. The east is Pittsburgh, the Islanders, Washington Capitals, and Boston Bruins. We've got the north where Toronto will take on Montreal and then Edmonton and Winnipeg. And then the west teams uh, are Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota, and St. Louis. But those matchups are yet to be determined there. So, like I said, we're going to try to preview because not everything is set in stone, which is kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, because- the Canadian division, I think you can still – there's still some teams that could inter-swap. No, no, they – No, think- I'm saying I'm saying seedings-wise. Oh, I think seeding is already taken care of there. I think it's more along the lines of what's going on in the West. Okay. But, I thought but- – I, I, I could have sworn Montreal and Winnipeg could have flip-flopped. Montreal, I, I'm not. I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't know. I know that the Canucks still have to. I know that the they. I know that the Canucks still have to play a few games because of their COVID situation, and I know that the West hasn't finished up yet either because of all the COVID stuff that happened out there. But um, let's like like I said, let's try to pre start a preview of it, and then we can go more into it on the next episode once the playoffs actually start and talk more about the matchups. So I want to. F- so we'll start with the two. We'll start with the two divisions that actually have their team set and seating set and their matchups set. We'll start off with the central. Um, uh, we'll go into that. Uh, anything intriguing that you find here with the central division matchups? My bad. Um, sorry no, about that. Yeah, I, okay. I didn't hear you. I was trying to. I was must have been behind. Um. But so in the central, you clearly got the hurricane. You got the battle of Florida going on, which is always um, going to be intriguing at the Panthers going up against the Lightning, which I think will be a hell of a series. I mean, coming into the playoffs, all these teams seem like they're coming in hot, especially the Predators, who since um, since they started off the season under 500, they won 16, won 16 games, lost seven in regulation, three in overtime to close out the season. So they're coming in hot. The Hurricanes have looked fantastic all season. And clearly got the Lightning 
and the Panthers, who are the two hottest teams in Florida right now. No pun well, intended. <laughs> but, um, don't quit your day job. No, I really want to see this. I really want to see the um, the Battle of Florida go to seven games. Honestly, this is a series that, I don't know, you got Brockoff, Point, Huberto. You got Stamkos. You just got so much talent down there. Killorn, there's just so much talent down there with the, these teams. And I want this to go to seven games. Um, I am favoring the Panthers in this. <clears throat> if this does go to seven games, I just know that in years prior, minus last year, the Lightning have always struggled in the playoffs. So maybe they kind of got over that hump last year, winning the Stanley Cup. But I like the Panthers in this. And I think the Hurricanes, the Predators, I am. I like to take the Hurricanes in probably five or six games. I don't think that's going to be a very long series. I think the Hurricanes run right through the Predators as hot as they've been. But I just like the Hurricanes going into the playoffs for sure. Okay, I mean, I'm not going to – yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm not going to disagree with much, anything that you say there for the most part. You make some valid points. Um, uh, I do just want to bring this up into fruition. I forgot to mention that uh, – this year's Stanley Cup playoffs are very different compared to years prior. Uh, it's the first two rounds are going to be all division interdivisional matchups until they get to the semifinals, and then the top four teams from those semi will make the semifinals there. Where and then so you could have, uh, and so then you could have after that once the final happens, like one team from you could have two teams from different divisions making the final there so i just i just forgot to mention that there but uh going back off of that yeah i mean nashville has been hot for the second half of the season for the most part but the carolina hurricanes have been very consistent overall and they've actually been one of the most one of the more exciting teams to watch in hockey honestly so I'm not. I, don't, I think it will be like an entertaining series to watch on an overall basis. But I think that even though Nashville has been very hot r- right now, I think Carolina will be too good for them. I don't think it'll go six or seven. I think the series will end in five. Going off of the uh, Battle of Florida, this is the first time that the Panthers and Lightning will have will ever meet in the playoffs. So it's going to be a, it's going to be like, you know, headline grabbers down, down South and probably throughout the league, honestly. Um, uh, so one thing I'm all, like, you know, I'm just looking forward to seeing Joel Quinville back in the playoffs where he belongs. Um, clearly when he took the job down in Florida as their head coach, he was trying to build something down. He was building something down there. He had a good amount of talent, good, Good experience, good combo of experience and youth down there. They're finally gelling together. They made the playoffs. Uh, they made the playoffs in his second season running there. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, him back in the playoffs as a coach. Uh, Tampa, they're the defending Stanley Cup champions. Um, like you said, maybe they finally got over the hump after uh, last season where they ended up winning the cup, like you said. But um, uh, I do think the series will go seven. I don't think Flo- – I think Tampa will find a way to win the series in seven, though, just because of their overall talent and also just because, like, they've been they've been there before. You know, like, I, I don't want to be that guy and say, like, oh, yeah, okay, Florida really doesn't have the experience and whatnot, but I kind of am going to be that guy and say, like, hey, Tampa's been here before. They've been at literally the bottom, and then they've found their way to the top. So Tampa knows like that 
Tampa knows that this is a series that they should definitely that they have to they have to win it in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like the Tampa has to win this series not just for state bragging rights but also you know just to uh continue to get the monkey off their back of you know just being known as choke artists in the league especially even though they're the, even though they're the defending cup champions there are, there are some critics out there that still say they can't get the job done when it matters most. But um uh you know, both of those series I'm, are intriguing. I'm looking forward to when they start. They'll start sometime next week. I know that. No dates uh, or times are confirmed as of yet because of everything that's going on in the West Division and possibly the North, too. But uh, I want to go into the next division now, which is the East. Uh, we've got the first matchup uh, being <clears throat> the Pittsburgh Penguins taking on the, the New York Islanders, and the other matchup will be the Washington Capitals taking on the Boston Bruins. What are you looking forward to in these uh, two matchups here? Um, so I'll start off first with the Penguins-Islander uh, series. Um I think Pittsburgh deserved the one in the East for sure. They have looked phenomenal all season. I mean, it really could have went – it was a five – like there was five teams that really could have made the playoffs. And this division, I think, honestly, at the beginning of the season, you could have picked any one of these teams to be the first in the East and no one had any complaints. Um, the Islanders got it done at the end of the season, but I just think – I mean, they're a strong playoff team just because how defensively they play. Um how they have that team running. They're very solid defensively. Um, typically tend to be very, very boring games. Um, but I like Pittsburgh's chances here, um, especially with the veterans on this team. You got Crosby, Malkin. They've been there. They know how to get the job done in playoffs. So I like I like the Penguins in this series, um, in my opinion. And then going down to the Bruins Capitals, I think this is probably one of the best matchups in all of the NHL playoffs right now. I mean, you got two powerhouse teams going out against each other. I mean, you got big bodies on both sides. Fist will be thrown in this matchup. Um, I like this one. This could have one that could honestly go to seven. I mean, the Capitals are always playing solid. Um, the Bruins, I mean, you got Pasternak. Hopefully he lights it up this playoff series versus Washington. Um, but, no, this is probably, in my opinion, one of the best playoffs matchups um, in the whole Stanley Cup playoffs, in my opinion. I mean, you, they're four and four on the series for the uh, season when they've uh, matched up the season. So it's something to look for right there. Take it to seven. Make me happy. Someone light up Tom Wilson for me in this. We'll be all right. <laughs> uh, somebody will definitely light up Tom Wilson and punches will definitely be thrown because both of those teams are very physical. But I want to go back to the Penguins and Islanders series for a minute there. Um I'm not going to bet against Sidney Crosby here, honestly. Um, uh, the Penguins have been here before. The Penguins have been here before. Um, the Islanders, they're a gritty. They are a gritty defensive style like team, like you said. Some of their games can be very boring to watch. But I feel like this is a series that can go six or seven just because of both teams' style of just because of both teams' style of play, and also anything can really happen in the playoffs. But the Islanders, you know, they're very, they're they're a well coached team. Uh, Barry Trotz is an exceptional coach, uh, very well respected in the National Hockey League. I am a huge fan of his. Um, part of me still feels that he got screwed over by the Capitals after he won them the Cup in 2018. So uh, yeah, so that so there's a little you know angst towards the Capitals there, and hopefully, hopefully Barry Trotz can meet them in the second round and you know just get a little revenge on him there. But uh, 
I think Pittsburgh is going to take the series over the Islanders there. Mainly, like you said, the veteran presence there. And you just can't go against Sidney Crosby. I mean, he's been in, he's been in the game for a long time now. And he's has and yeah, he really doesn't show any signs of slowing down. And then you got and then you got Evgeny Malkin there too to support him as always. And also with the young and also with the young talent that they have there too. And the, and the combination of the experience. I think it'll be just a little bit too much for the Islanders, uh, based on what they can do offensively. Um, but I think it'll be an exciting matchup. And going into the Capitals and the Bruins matchup. I hate to say this, but I think uh, as much as I would like it to go seven, I think the Bruins would be too good and going into the playoffs and going into this matchup because, like you said, they faced each other eight times already. Um, uh, everybody knows how to play each other, and I mean that's the one thing about all of these series here is that all these teams have played each other, so you think that they should know how to play against these teams. Um, but uh, for some reason, I feel like the Bruins could win this in five, but I wouldn't be surprised if it goes seven. Um, you just got too much. They've just got too much talent, uh, too much talent on offense, too much talent on defense. So they're cup, fa- they're heavy cup favorites. Yeah. Huh? Um, uh, one probably especially most- with how Hall's looking as well. Hall's looked great since he's been there. <laughs> Hall looked like where was that in the where was that in the thirty games when he was in Buffalo? I mean, he has he has turned that team like that second line now down there in Boston where Hall's sitting. I mean, it looks phenomenal. Curtis Lazar is actually playing Curtis, quite well mm-hmm. in Boston too. So I mean, the depth that they have, the depth that they have along with the acquisitions of Hall and Lazar. I mean, the team just kind of looks unstoppable at the moment. But, I mean, like like I said, it's the playoffs. Anything can happen. I do think that this will be a very physical series, though. Um, uh, not and, and not just in terms of play. I think it will be a gritty series where you may see a few punches thrown uh, here and there. Um, Tom, in terms of Tom, in terms of Tom Wilson, I mean, he he maybe he'll get smart and try not to uh, take uh, and take out a Boston Bruin or whatever. Because let's be honest here, the Bruins are known for being the Bruins are known for being dirty themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if you want grittiness, if you want uh, if you want action, this is the series to watch. Honestly, and good news is is that the first game of this series will be Saturday right after the Preakness stakes on NBC. So we are, we already know that there will be one game played before the end of this week. The hockey playoffs are the best. So, I mean, you, if you're just an, any hockey fan, I expect you, this is going to be a fun playoff series. All these teams are coming into playoffs are buzzing. Um, it'll be a lot of fun to watch, but yes, it will be right after the Preakness on Saturday. So that's exactly. exciting. Exactly. We got, now, we got a little bit to talk about that in a little bit as well. <laughs> yes, we do. Not necessarily the Preakness, but a horse that may or may not be racing in the Preakness. In fact, actually, they are racing in the Preakness. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But, um, uh, yes, let's go switch right up to the North Division, or as I like to call it, the Gord. The Gord Division named – I call it the Gord after uh, Gord Downey, the uh, late great singer from uh, the Tragically Hip. Uh, but uh, that's a side topic there. First matchup here is a matchup between two original six teams. Uh, two, uh, the, this is their first playoff matchup since 1979. The Toronto Maple Leafs are taking on all are taking on their rivals, the Montreal Canadiens. And then we've got Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and the Edmonton Oilers taking on the Winnipeg Jets. So I'll have you go into it. What are you looking forward to in both of these matchups? 
So I think definitely in the North, there was two top dogs in this division. And I really don't see either Toronto or Edmonton being stopped. I mean, Toronto is just a powerhouse of a team all around. Uh, I mean, you got Matthews on the top line. You got Tavares. You just got all so many stars there that you can name, especially now adding Nick Foligno at the trade deadline. Um, the veteran presence there is definitely going to help the team in playoffs. Hopefully they can get out of the first round. I know Toronto struggled at the season or prior seasons, excuse me. But, um, no, Toronto has looked unstoppable in the North all season. Um, for a while, I thought it could have been Toronto's cup to lose just the way they were playing. Um, now I get the North division was a little easier than others, per, uh, some people would like to say. Um, you could probably attest to that as well. I think this is probably the easiest division to be in. Oh, yeah, I can easily att- – I can attest to this. And uh, the top two teams, uh, I – Thought I the teams that I thought would be the top two teams ended up being the teams that in the top two out of the North Division. So mm-hmm. uh, it's easy to say that the North Division is pro- pro- probably the weakest in all of hockey, but yet also probably the most entertaining as well. Some could say. Well, I mean, you had you had McDavid who got a hundred points in a fifty-eight season game. I mean, how many players can say they've done that? I mean. Yes, he got to play the Senators eight times, but most of his points didn't. A lot of his, most of his points didn't come from them. Um, but uh, no, I think both of these series are Toronto and Edmonton's to lose. Um, I don't see any way that the Canadians can pull past uh, Toronto, in my opinion. And I just don't think there's any way for Winnipeg to beat Edmonton. I mean, they're just like we said; they've looked like two just clear powerhouses in this division. But I mean, like well, I, I was right though. Um, Winnipeg and Montreal can still flip-flop, so the it is not set yet. It is not set yet. Okay, well, I okay. Unless something has happened from the last time I wrote my notes down, which was last night. Well, I saw a couple, I saw I saw something last night that said that the that these matchups were set, which is okay. why I found out that this was their first ma- the first playoff matchup between Toronto and Montreal since '79. Um, uh, but yeah, I, you're right. This, these matchups are Toronto's and Edmonton's to lose. Um, <clears throat> Toronto has just been on a tear. They, they, they look primed to finally get, not only get out of the first round for the first time in forever, but also primed to potentially make the conference final and make a Stanley cup final and maybe even win their first cups in 67. I mean, you know, I'm not <laughs> saying that the stars have to align and Saturn has to lose its reins and everything, but just the overall talent that Toronto has and their overall work ethic too. I mean, it, it's just it's just crazy to watch. And I hate to say that as a Sabres fan because I, I, I can't stand the Toronto Maple Leafs at all. But I have to, as a hockey fan, I have to admire how they've been playing. I have to admire how Austin Matthews has been all season. The kid, a guy's been on a tear, natural goal scorer. You know, honestly, if it wasn't, if, if Connor McDavid, bar Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews was one, was probably the best player in hockey, bar yeah. Connor McDavid. So, <laughs> so you had two. So, honestly, as much as I would love to see Montreal end up beating Toronto and kicking them out of the playoffs, because they remember they beat Pittsburgh last season in the qualifiers. Mm-hmm. So anything could happen here. And I'm not going to completely not, I'm not going to completely kick this Montreal team down and out, but 
Toronto most likely will win this matchup. I do think it'll go six. I think it'll go six games, though. Um, uh, I, I do think it'll go six games just because, like I said, these teams know each other because they've played each other nine, ten times throughout the season. Also, Toronto and Montreal just know each other from years of playing against each other uh, in the division, in their in the respective division they were in, and the history they have too. Um, Edmonton and Winnipeg. Um, Winnipeg, they're not a bad team. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I re- it's hard to follow Winnipeg because like. They nobody has really talked about them all season from what I have seen. They've kind of been under the radar. I remember taking a look at the standings one time, a couple times, and I'm and this was when they were in second in the north. And I'm like, wait, when did Winnipeg get there? Everybody's just been talking about McDavid, everybody's just been talking about Matthews. I mean, people were talking about the Sens for a little bit, but that's because they were they're garbage. And but the only bright spot there was uh to Chuck and uh Tim Stutzel, but um. Uh, I mean, Winnipeg, you know, they they always tend to be there, just kind of be like a pest in the playoffs, uh, especially especially because Paul Maurice, their head coach, he knows how to rally the troops for the most part, uh, get them where they need to be, get them where they need to be. Um, but uh, the, again, it's Edmonton series to lose. Um, honestly, Look for McDavid and Dreisaitl to just be themselves. Uh, you know, I, I I expect an offensive clinic from those two in, in this series, honestly. But uh, again, this is a series that, you know, Edmonton could sweep Winnipeg. It could go six or seven. We don't know entirely sure. But uh, like you said, Toronto and Edmonton look like they're a crash course to meet uh, in the second round. Uh, where we get uh, Matthews versus McDavid for hope for at least four games, uh, maybe even more than that. Uh, but yeah, honestly, I want to try and go and talk about the West. We know the four teams that are in there: Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota, and St. Louis. But the seeding isn't done there because the West still has a couple. There's mm-hmm. still a couple of more days left in the West uh, Division season. So that's like why I can't really go into it there. And we can go more into it uh, next week there. But out of all of, uh, honestly, out of all of the teams that are in the playoffs we had mentioned, who do you think would be your odds? Like, who do you think is like instant favorites to win the cup? Well, I said at the beginning of the season, I'm going to double down. Well, we said this when you were still Jerry's World podcast. We came on and previewed the season. I had taken the Colorado Avalanche to win the Stanley Cup. If you can remember that. And I'm going to double down on that. Um, I love Colorado. love the way they're playing. Um, McKinnon won't be back in the lineup for tonight's game, but he will be back in time for playoffs, which is great for them. I mean, just that top line with Landis Gold, McKinnon, and Rantanen. I mean, Rantanen's an absolute stud. And then on the back, I mean, Kiel Makar, I mean, what more can you say about this kid? He is an absolute stud. And same with Samuel Girard. I mean, they're he's returning tonight to the lineup. Um, I mean, there's so – I mean, Kiel Makar is probably – he, to me, might be the best defender ever Um, going further. Like, not clearly not yet, but I think going further into his career, I think he'll go down as the best defender ever, um, in my opinion. But I just love – I just love just- this avalanche team. So yeah, much. no. This and I'm gonna team. I'm gonna double down on it, and I'm taking them to win the cup still. Yeah, no, this Avalanche team is heavily favored. Um, uh, they're still in line to 
And they're they're still in line to win the President's Trophy. Them and the Vegas Golden Knights are. So I I believe that uh, both with both with how both these teams have been performing playing throughout the season, I believe that both the Avalanche and the Golden Knights um, are heavily favored to win the cup. But um, uh, I, I'm going to go with you there. I, I Personally, I can't remember who I said was my favorite to win the cup when we previewed the season a few months back. But I'm going to agree with you and say that this is Colorado's cup to lose. And I will be surprised if they do not even make the, uh, st- the semifinals, what, uh, what the round that should be the conference finals. I would not be. I would be surprised if they do not make it out of the West Division going into that semifinal round of the playoffs. Uh, that would be truly shocking if it if if they didn't do that. But then again, they could also meet up with Vegas. Um, they also could meet up with Vegas uh, sometime in the playoffs too. So if they lose to Vegas, that wouldn't be a shock to me there. But if they lose to yeah. either Minnesota or St. Louis, then that would be a complete shock to me there. Like I said. <clears throat> But like I said, we don't know what's going on in the wild, wild west. Seating is not yet confirmed. Matchups are not yet confirmed. So we will go more into uh, talking about the playoffs. In, in my uh, opinion, though, they're the the top two teams coming out of the West, no matter however the standings end up lining up, number one and two in Vegas and Colorado, I think whoever comes out of the West between those two, I think will win the Cup. Oh, Probably it, it, both, both these teams are just so strong, especially especially Vegas with the goaltending they have going on between Fleury and Leonard. I mean, you have two solid goaltenders and you can run them however you want in playoffs. Remember last year was kind of a uh, people were shaking their heads about it and they're scratching their heads about it. What was going on? But I think they got to figure it out for this year. And they're also just a powerhouse of a team. Oh, no, without a doubt. I mean, as a Sabres fan, I will literally, like, be – I will literally, like, be done, like, if I see a former uh, – a team that's only been in the league for four se- for four years now will win the Cup before my team. But, I mean, kudos to them if they – kudos to Vegas for what they've been doing. Um, the Avalanche there, you know, they're one of the best teams in hockey too. So, I'm right there with you. Whoever comes out of the West between those two teams, uh, they are the favorites to win the Cup, in my opinion. I would have Boston as a solid third odds, uh, third odds on favorite to win, just because of their talent, as well as their work ethic, and also just because, like you know, Taylor Hall has revived his career after uh, an awful stint in Buffalo. That <laughs> we can go more in there too. Ma- magically, but- just got good. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, we can talk. We're we're gonna preview more, talk more playoff hockey. Um, uh, on the next episode, just figured we'd get a start of it for it there because ninety percent of the playoffs are determined for the most part. It's just a matter of what matchups happen. Um, uh, and the play, like I said, the playoffs will start on Saturday. More matchups will start next week. Uh, when we record next week, we'll go more in depth into everything there associated with the playoffs. But Sticking to hockey, our team that is not in the playoffs, that has not made the playoffs for 10 years in a row now, it is the longest streak in the history of the NHL. And from what I, for, in my, uh, or at least tied for the longest streak in the history of the NHL, the Buffalo Sabres, they conducted their exit interviews uh, yesterday and today, and I think the day before yesterday too, they had their exit interviews this week with players and management and coaching. Uh, and there was a lot of 
concern and anger and disappointment at these exit interviews. And you had told me that you have a lot on your mind there. So I'm going to let you take the floor, sir. Well, okay. So when Jack Eichel, we'll start with Jack Eichel. He was kind of the main topic here um, of what went on. So he basically came out and said there was, for people who don't know, he said there was a dis- disconnect with him in the franchise about his injury um, because he has a herniated disc in his neck and how to handle it. He basically came out and said he wanted a procedure done and the team wasn't letting him. And no one else from the Sabres organization had come out and spoke. But then I got to listen to uh, Adams today do his interview with the press, end of the year interview with the press. And it is a complete, I don't know if you got to hear it at all or saw any clippets of it. Um, it is completely different sounding than how Jack made it sound. So, I mean, I'm going to believe Kevin Adams. Um, I'm going to take his word for it. Um, but basically, he said that his team, or like the Sabres team, uh, and like medical staff sat down with like Jack's team and like his doctor, they want to say. And they all agreed on a 12 week period, basically, where Jack, um, they're going to just rehab it and see how that helps. Doesn't the 12 week period come to an end soon? I actually. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not up yet. Um, it's coming to an end. I think it's not next week possibly um and jack came out and said that he wants a surgery even though that 12 weeks isn't up yet so then kevin adams kind of reinstated today how he had how they're so waiting for that um so it changed my opinion from yesterday because yesterday i was all fired up about this and like or two days ago excuse me um because i'm like why did something they i wasn't under the impression that the 12 week i thought the 12 weeks had been up um so it completely changes it to me now. It looks like Jack's trying to force his way out of Buffalo. Um, because if that is the case, um, because I mean we're paying the guy, we still have him under contract for the next five years. We're making 10 million a year. Um so this team's I really just, not going anywhere. I, I understand that, but what I just don't get why he thinks the Sabres wouldn't want what is best for him and his health. And like he kind of like where the disconnect is coming from because you're paying the guy so much. Um, like it, it's not worth it to not give him the best procedure and like best options possible. So like what, if their medical staff thinks one thing's good for him, I like that he should, I get, you should also bring in Jack side and like talk and what they did. But, um, no, it's just a great like, shit show right now because I mean, you got Granado or uh, Adams coming out saying one thing and like, oh, basically kind of forced his way out of Buffalo. Then you got, uh, Reinhardt saying he's just been unhappy and same with, uh, Rasmus Christian and said, uh, basically, yeah. he doesn't know where he'll be next year and he doesn't care if he gets moved or not. So, I mean, you got all these veteran players now with the Sabres who are just, it, it seems like they don't want to be here, like saying there's a disconnect with the franchise. That just bring, makes it so much harder for us now to bring in free agents because, like, oh, the, we can't, like, sit down and talk with, like, the coaching staff, all this and all that. They're going to have a bad, like, look about it. So, it's just interesting to see where this goes. Um, I mean, sometimes I mean I get it. Like I, we play, we both played sports. Jack's frustrated. It's frustrating losing. Um, I heard. I mean, clearly yesterday for everyone who doesn't know, or two days ago, he was late to his exit interview with the press because he was or his the interview with the press because his exit interview I guess got heat. It got heated with uh, Adams. So. Uh, not really sure what that was all. There's not much said on that anyway. No one really was on the inside who would say anything. So, yeah, he was late to that. And then 
go out and say the disconnect. And now it just kind of goes to show what kind of a, I don't want to call it a joke because Adam's kind of saved a little face today for himself. But the Pagoulas, I mean, come on, you got to do something. I mean, this is your star player. You're supposed to be the face of your franchise saying there's a disconnect with ownership and management. I mean, it's an absolute joke to me. Um, if Eichel's, I, I think the relationship is repairable. I mean, it, I don't know if Jack will be here next season or not, but I think the relationship is repairable, in my opinion. I don't know if you feel the same way. I don't know. And the thing is, it, it's a surgery that has never been done. Uh, yes, that's correct. It's a surgery that's never been done on an NHL player before, and it's barely even been used because you get what is an art of artificial. It's an artificial meniscus, or yeah, it's like an artificial. No, not meniscus. Stupid. Meniscus is the knee, so like it's yeah. an artificial like it's disc. Like, and... It's an artificial disc. Thank you. Not yeah, it's an artificial, it's an artificial disc, disc in his neck, and you don't know how that's going to affect him. No, we like, don't. It could make it worse, and that's why the team's probably hesitant to do it because you're paying the guy so much money. Yeah, and see, I'm so torn of what has been going on with this franchise the past few days because as much as I was trying to, you know, pay attention to what was going on with the exit interviews and everything, I mean, I could not listen to anything, Oh, honestly, whether it was from the media, from local media, from the radio, you know, for watching uh, social accounts or whatnot. Like I followed as much as I can on Twitter, mainly just because like, you know, it's hard for me to like actually watch and listen as things go on in real time because of my job, because of my actual job. So, uh, um, uh, so like as much as I can, like take a glance and look and do as much research as I can. I'm just very much torn. I'm torn mainly because like, you mentioned you had briefly mentioned uh, the disappointment in Reinhardt and in Ristolainen, um, and then the disconnect between Eichel and Adams. Like this whole thing is just a complete shit show. And you know, it goes back to an episode that I did when I was still when the podcast was still the Jerry's World podcast, talking about the um, la- like the lack of communication and just like the lack of like organization from the top down. And I'm not, and I'm just not talking about the franchise anymore. I'm talking about the franchise and the fan base because from fo- from following this on Twitter, I'm going to say that from what I've seen, it's just a complete shit show. It's a complete shit show from from any from anybody associated with the franchise. It's a complete shit show within the fan base, and it's a complete shit show in the media too. And I'm blaming Twitter for, and I'm going to blame Twitter for this because there's a lot of people out there that are actually trying to make sense of what's been going on. And then you also have people out there who have Twitter, who have these Twitter platforms that I don't know how they get their Twitter platforms because I guess there's just a bunch of idiots out there that don't want to listen to the Buffalo media because they don't, they don't like that uh, Mike Harrington calls their favorite player uh, a baby and says they plays like garbage and they expect Mike and they expect uh, the media to hold Sam Reinhardt's hand even though he's miserable and he gets called out for something or if Ristolainen gets called out for something or if other players get called out for something. So and then also you have like so there's that that I'm torn about because this franchise has just been through the ringer for the past decade 
and through the power of social media, because of the disconnect between the franchise, the fans, and even the media, you have P- you have platforms that have been allowed to take rise in the social networks, like the Charging Buffalo and those idiots that don't know what the fuck they're talking about, or even like other, uh, or even like other people that gain popularity that have their baseless trash opinions about the franchise because all they've seen throughout the past decade is mediocrity because of how young they are and mm-hmm. i'm not gonna try you know actually no i'm gonna j- name names like i've seen like tweets from like fucking joe marino of the charging buff and chloe wojtenik and me and a couple other people i've talked to like we like me and a couple other people i've talked to like we just talk about like how bad their opinions are you can throw and- mike harrington in there as well no, actually, I'm starting to like see where Mike Harrington comes from because he's covered the team during the good, the bad, and the ugly. But I understand like where you're coming from there because Mike Harrington can go over the edge so much sometimes. But the thing is, though, is like when you are actually a member of the media, you have to ask tough questions, and people just don't like that. But going off of what has happened, like this has just been a bad week in general, bad few days in general as a Sabres fan, because there's that disconnect there with the fans and the franchise and even the media. Once again, it it comes to a, uh, it comes to like, you know, it comes to like a heat or whatever, but then also because of what's going on with the franchise, with the exit interviews, like you, like I said, you have Sam Reinhardt, Rasmus Ristolainen and Jack Eichel who are clearly unhappy, but then you've got Dylan Cousins who's dead, who said, you know, he could see himself playing in Buffalo for a very long time, dedicating his loyalty to the franchise. But the thing is though, is like, what, what the hell is going on? Like Cousins is happy and fine with what's going on because it's his first like full. It's his first season. Exactly. He, I mean, Eichel, Reinhardt, and Riesel have only been in Buffalo for the bad. They haven't seen the good yet, unfortunately. Like, like I said earlier, like it just does like being an athlete and losing this much. It gets frustrating. And they're together so much. They're basically like family. So you know, families can butt heads. So I'm just almost wondering if this can. That's why I believe this relationship is reputable because I think, in my opinion, I think Eichel wants to be in Buffalo. I, I get, think, I get. It hasn't been great, but at least here, I think he does want to help this turn this city around. I think he wants to be in Buffalo too. But what really irks me is that, like, and this is like where the disconnect comes in. Everybody has their. We all have our own opinions and whatnot. And we're trying to figure out like what's going on, but we don't have a clue. None of us have a clue as fans. The media, the, the, us fans, you and I, we don't have a clue. The media doesn't have a clue. The only person that has a clue of what they want to do is Jack Eichel. Okay. Even the organization doesn't really have a clue. Okay. I keep seeing, and once again, the Eichel trade talk keeps coming up uh, between with the Kings, with the Rangers. And now uh, there's talk that if Reinhardt leaves, maybe he'll go to Vancouver. Uh, maybe he'll go to Vancouver either for home. enough. Uh, either for nothing or for something. And I'm thinking to myself, what, what the fuck does Vancouver have to give us other than COVID? They have, um, their, their players have been god-awful this season compared to seasons past. Uh, that, was a team that, made the, uh, that was a team that made the Stanley Cup playoffs and came within one game of knocking out the Va- Vegas Knights last season. Uh, and now look how garbage they are. But, um, and even Ristolainen, he doesn't know where he wants to go because he's been through the bad. He's been through the ugly. 
He's been criticized a lot by Mike Harrington, by the charging Buffalo, by even by us sometimes. So he's pro- so he probably feels like maybe it's his time to go, and maybe you know, you know, maybe he wants to say good rinse to the, to all of us and tell us to go fuck ourselves, but. What really annoys me is like what another thing that annoys me is that like you said the the Pagulas where the fuck are the Pagulas they have not been like you we have not heard from Kim Pagula from Terry Pagula from anybody above Kevin Adams and it, and it just annoys me they're probably more worried about uh, figuring out how many primetime games the Bills have at home uh, this season and trying to figure out how to uh, get the ta- get the uh, lots ready for Week One against the Steelers. <laughs> But um, uh, yeah, no. But I mean, that's just like it's it's just a complete shit show there. I mean, for the most part, like what annoys, like it just annoys me because, uh, like, I I don't know how to feel. Like, yeah, you know, people are saying, uh, there are people are saying, you know, oh, this is like Black Monday or whatever, blah blah blah. No, you weren't there for Black Monday. Those two left for nothing. Okay, this is just downright disgustingness and uh and this is just downright ridiculousness and disgracefulness because of the lack of communication and lack of um transparency between the franchise its players and the fans and these exit interviews really have not helped any anything to make matters better but um uh, adams and my adams did say face a little bit today so i wonder what's going on between him and eichel there um, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see if the Bagulas come out and say anything or what transpires from this. I mean, and you got to almost kind of wonder what team also is Jack Eichel's value lower now because of the injury and the procedure he wants. That's going to take effect into play too. But, I mean, he is under contract for five more years with us, and there is still one more year on his um, – uh, Eichel doesn't have the no move clause on yet. So right now it's kind of in Buffalo Sam because we can send him wherever he wants. If they don't if they wait to trade him until next year, Eichel's gonna have a say in where he's going. Yeah, exactly. So they, the cards are kind of in Buffalo's hands right now in that aspect. But I mean you still gotta you still gotta somehow fix this relationship. I mean, he is the face of the franchise. I get but you can also trade him. Um, but I think if you trade Eichel, you need to somehow need to keep Sam around. I don't think oh. we can lose. I don't think we can lose both of those guys. Um, I mean, you could possibly lose like Risto and plus like an Eichel or a Reinhardt, but I don't think you can lose Eichel and Reinhardt and keep Risto. I think you need to keep at least one of them around. Hopefully, we can keep two of them around, and hopefully, we sign Granado as head coach because I mean, he actually like his his interview today with the press. He sounded very smart. Um, I mean, it was just a guy that seems like he wants good for this team. It's not like he was being fake. I think he was up front. He seemed very transparent today in his interview. So, oh, I mean, yeah. I would love to see him back here and be the head coach of the Sabres because, I mean, you saw, I mean, he got this team. Actually, he's made them look good in the end of the season when it looked like there wasn't much good to come out of the season. So, Oh, yeah, no, Don Granado should have the interim tag removed, honestly. Um, uh, I mean that's up to Adams and the uh, management there if whether or not they want to pull the tag from them or if they want to go in a different direction. Um, that's another thing that um, caught my eye too was like some people want love 
Granado to have a head and to keep Granado as head coach. Other players are kind of skeptical as head coach. So that's another thing that like, you know, kind of annoys me there too, because it's like, Oh boy, here we go. We've got a locker room, divi- a possible locker room division. If uh, we keep, if, uh, so if we keep the guy we currently have, or if we let, or if we bring in somebody else, and then there's all uh, so that's also on top of like all the exit interview drama that's been brew that's been brewing the past few days too. But what? Uh, so it's just a complete mess. And hopefully somebody within the from the Pagula, somebody. I don't care if it's their actually. I will care if it's their dog that actually speaks up. But like you know, I just want somebody that ha- like to say, hey, this is what we're working on. This is what this is like. What we're trying to do. We right. want to repair the relationship between Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhardt, and Rasmus Ristolainen, and, and hopefully keep them in Buffalo, not just for next season, but also for a very long time. So uh, I do want to ma- I do want to make a quick comparison to this. Actually, the shit show that's been going on in Buffalo because with the lack of transparency between the franchise and its fans, especially ownership and its fans, can be very much compared to Man United and. It's tra- and the lack of transparency and communication oh, yeah. between the Glazers and their f- and the fans over in England, so to say. <laughs> See, I thought um, you were gonna. I thought you were gonna go and say uh, Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. That's no, why I thought no, you were going no. with that for a second. No, no, I'm talking about owners. That's and still fans a shit show now. over there as well. That's still a shit show. I mean, <laughs> I, I I mentioned I I jokingly said this a couple days ago to a friend of mine. I said, imagine if uh, Sabres fans just marched on KeyBank Center and and uh, PSE uh, headquarters in downtown Buffalo and just you know just protested against the Pagula's ownership of the Sabres, like United fans have been protesting against the Glazers' ownership in England right now. I'll I go mean, on could, the march. Could you imagine? Could you imagine like? Could you imagine like hundreds of Sabres fans like uh, throughout downtown Buffalo, like down at Harbor Center, just like demanding Terry Pagula to sell the team? <laughs> well, I don't, I, I don't care if the Pagulas like they can keep ownership of the team. I don't have an issue with that. They just need to bring in like a hockey operations manager, um, where he just does the Pagulas don't just do anything with the Sabres and he does everything. That's what I think the Sabres. I don't care. Like, I can't hate the Pagulas because I mean, they saved the Sabers and oh, maybe the Bills from leaving. Yes, I. So I don't hate them. Like, I don't need them to sell the team. Um, I don't need the Pagulas to sell the team. Just want I just confidence. need. I just need competence from them, and I just need someone else in that place running the everything the hockey wise. The Pagulas can't do this. Kim Pagula has showed plenty of times how she can't handle this. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going I, – I mean, yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. I mean, you know, I only just said sell the team because it's like, you know, I'm not – the fan base is just very much torn. They, they're they not happy with the Bagulas. I mean, most Sabres fans are Bills fans, and they're happy because – and they're happy with how the Bagul- the Bills have turned out under their ownership as of late. But a lot of Sabre – a lot of the fans are – kind of just trying to figure out like okay these people don't know anything about hockey so either just sell the team or find competent people and honestly maybe maybe you know maybe a march delay or a protest like outside of PSE downtown or the Key Bank Center or whatever needs to happen just to get the attention of the Pagulas because imagine like I wouldn't like imagine like you know the weather's warm it's nice out 
Um, uh, I, the last time I think something happened like this a, a, a while back where they tried to have something like a march on KeyBank Center, but it ended up being like 40 degrees in rain and only like 50 people turned out. So, <laughs> so, so like, I feel like, you know, if somebody actually tried to plan something like this, and I'm not saying I'm going to be the one to plan this. I'll be the one to plan. I had something needs to happen. Yeah. There's no way in how am I planning this? Because like, first off, I live in Rochester and second off, I'm not trying to go to jail for planning something like this that can go way out of hand, especially with how many stupid, especially with how many stupid people could find their way to a protest. <laughs> so, but uh, just imagine if somebody with competent, like with somebody with as, like passion, like one of those clowns on Twitter, instead of calling into WGR or whatever, they just say, Hey, you know what? We're protesting the Pagoulas. We're marching downtown today. I mean, There's I would. There was a clown this morning on the radio that uh, Sal Capaccio absolutely flamed. I loved it. Oh, my God. I can't stand having Absolute clown on the radio this morning, and Capaccio just gave it right back to him. Well, I can't. I Oh, my God. I, I can't believe half the people that call into WGR are allowed to call into that station. I mean, Some days I want to call into WGR and just flame the people who call in. I even flame the radio. I just want to flame the people who call in. I mean, I want to flame half of the people that work for WGR because most of them are like, I love Capaccio. I'm guessing, Capaccio. I'm guessing you hate Shope and the Bulldog. Most people do. Uh, I don't listen to Chopin the Bulldog. They're incompetent. But uh, some I don't. I see some of the other people, like other personalities, tweets, and I'm thinking to myself, "How do you work for radio? Like how? Like your clickbait shit." <laughs> Same, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. But uh, yeah, we're getting a little off topic here. But that's just like kind of like where I stand with everything right there. Uh, don't don't uh, march if you don't want to. Um, uh, you know, if you want, you know, honestly, do what you want. I'm not calling for a march against the Pagoulas. Um, uh, you know what? <laughs> I mean, I mean, go ahead and do whatever you want to, if you're listening to this. But I want to move on to our next topic here. Uh, continuing with hockey, just want to talk briefly about, uh, you know, um, uh, how we talked about last uh, couple episodes ago, uh, the new hockey deal uh, with ESPN and TNT. And apparently the media giants at Turner and at ESPN are trying to lure Wayne Gretzky to the studio or the booth as a game as an analyst. How do you feel about that, sir? Um, well, ESPN already kind of already fell through. They were him and uh, ESPN and Gretzky talks fell through. Um, they couldn't come to an agreement, I think. So now Turner is looking into him. Um, I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest. I mean, have you ever seen this guy in a booth anywhere? I haven't. I have never seen this guy. Exactly. I don't think he's not a, he's not very – I don't know if he's going to be for the camera. I mean, he's the greatest of all time, greatest ever do it. But uh, I don't know if he's good I on camera. Know he, I know if he's good on camera. Give me someone with a personality. I saw someone who's funny. Yeah, I mean, personality and funny, like we talked about last week. I mean, I think that they want to try. To, I think Turner wants to try and make him out to be like Charles Barkley, but I don't know what. I don't know. Like I, I, you know, yeah, I've seen Gretzky on Does the ice. Gretzky and have a personality. Yeah, I've seen Gretzky on the ice in clips, but you know, Gretzky kind of just like keeps to himself, like in the out of the public eye. I mean. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah, I, the last I remember seeing Gretzky anywhere near hockey, you know, in the public eye was uh, being the coach of the Coyotes. And we and he really didn't say much. I, I mean, forgot he coached for the Odies. Yeah, well, they <laughs> suck. That's why. That's the only reason why I remember him coaching the Yotes. They, they, and they still suck and they don't have a first round pick for the next 27 years. 
<laughs> blame him for that. But uh, honestly, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. I mean, if Turner gets him, then we'll just see how that goes. Um, uh, but uh, I'm very intrigued to see if he ends up in the booth or in the studio for Turner. Uh, but uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully they get smart like ESPN and hire some some personalities like uh, Brian Boucher and uh, Ray Ferraro, uh, who will be working for right. ESPN next season. Welcome I, back, Ray Ferraro, to ESPN. I love Ray Ferraro. Um, um, uh, I have a question. Question. Yes, go ahead, sir. What does TNT stand for? Is it Turn, Turner, Turner Network. Network Television? Yes, Turner Network okay. Television, yes. Uh, just because I never – when at first when I saw last week, um, when you started – because I knew it was TNT, but then you started talking about Turner Network. I'm like, this has to be TNT, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, our final, but we'll we'll go into our final hockey topic now too. John Tortorella, John Tortorella is gone as the head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets after six years. Is he going to Seattle as their first head coach? Yes or no? I'm gonna have to say no on that one. <laughs> I don't think he'd be the team's first coach there. Torch is a great coach, absolute asshole for interviews. I love it. Love seeing the guy's interviews. Um, Fucking asshole of a coach, but a great coach. That's probably the last of his kind of coaches, I would say. But I don't think he's a coach for Seattle. You can't, bring, you can't put a new team together and have Torch as a coach. That's just going to be a fucking dumpster fire right off the fucking nah. road. Yeah, from, that's pro- from day one, that is going to be an absolute dumpster fire. If Torch goes in, it's just starts shredding guys in day one. Oh, yeah, that would probably be a dumpster fire. I mean, you know, it would be in terms of, like, headlines, like, that would be a true headline grabber. But – I feel like Gerard Gallant would probably be the best option for them at this point in time, especially with like what he did with like with especially they can look at what he did with Vegas before they and, fired him. Yeah, uh, that's true. Or now you got uh, David Quinn who just got fired from the Rangers today, who could possibly step into that spot as well. Bruce Boudreau is still available. Everybody, <laughs> bring him to the Sabers. I mean, I would love Boudreau. I would love Bruce, but I'll keep Donnie for. I'll keep. We'll keep Donnie Granado you, for now. Would you? I know Granado said he doesn't know if you'd want to be an assistant coach today, but we get Brudro would throw Granado as a assistant coach. I think that would work. Bring, come on, come on, come on, Terry, get get smart here. If not, uh, start the hashtag. Football. Start the hashtag. Get him to Buffalo. Yeah, and if we'll not, then we'll start with another hashtag. Pagula's out. We'll get well, the protest going. Yeah, we'll get the walk on. We'll get the walkout going. All right. We are done with hockey for our, we are done with hockey. We will continue our hockey talk next week. Uh, but I want to go into something else now. We want we mentioned the preakness is coming up on Saturday, but we want to go back to the Kentucky Derby where the winner, Medina Spirit, tested positive for drugs and may or may not be disqualified. He has not been officially disqualified yet, but Bob Baffert is fighting this. He had a lot to say. Your take on it, sir. I mean, come on. I mean, who's going to check this horse for what else he's been doing? I mean, the horse is doping. Come on. Uh, you know, Baffert's and uh, Baffert had to know something. He came out and said, I had no idea. There's no way he didn't. I'm not buying it for a minute. Oh, I'm not buying. I'm not there's buying. No, there's no chance Baffert had no idea. Oh, no. Baffert's the one giving him the drugs. Let's be honest <laughs> exactly. here. Okay. First, uh, first off, this is not. This isn't the first time that uh, Baffert has 
done has been accused of doping a horse. It's the second time in seven months that a Baffin horse tested positive for the same exact drug. Okay, <laughs> one of his horses tested positive for the substance in October of 2020, and he didn't. And he offered an explanation and uh, and didn't deny that uh, that Gammon Gammon was the horse uh, had been in, administered the drug. He claims to be upfront and transparent about. I feel like Bob Baffert's kind of like, you know, the Bill Belichick of uh, horse racing where he's kind of all nonchalant <laughs> to the media and everything. And maybe some shady what? shit's going on in the background. How, but the, hell do you, how the hell do you dope, dope a horse up? I am curious as to that, Bob Baffert. If you want to come on this podcast and let us know how to do it, I am intrigued. Well, it's got to be like a needle injection or something, yeah. honestly. Or maybe it's even be different than, It's got to be different than, oh, you might be right. It might be the food. Maybe in the food, because what really kills me about Bath, I mean, he's a he's a Hall of Fame trainer. Like he really does not need to do this. I mean, he's one he's he he trained triple crown winning horses. He's if you trained, ain't cheap, you ain't trying. I I don't think he ever needed to cheat though, because of like when you look at his record, it like really it just it irks me. I mean, I don't follow horse racing all that much, but the thing is though, is like when you see animal like an animal getting doped. Just to win, doped up just to win a race. Like it killed, it, it kind of annoys me. And this is, like I said, the second time here. But yeah. he, did you know he went on Fox News a few days ago to talk about it? Isn't that where he said he didn't know about it, or is that a separate one? That's a separate one. He oh, then, yeah, his, I, did, I did not know that. What did he, he say on Fox? He claimed that his horse is a victim of cancel culture. No way. He said that they're trying to cancel his horse. He said that they're trying to cancel him and his legacy. Oh my! I I didn't. I saw Dude the clip pulled this on card. Twitter. Oh my god! I, I was. I was watching on YouTube later. That's great. <laughs> he said he was a victim of cancel culture, and I'm like, what the fuck, you cheating fuck? Like, I mean, I mean, there was a cat a part of cancel culture, so I guess he could be right. I mean, I mean, doctors goose. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on. The dot. Yeah, hold on. The Kentucky Derby and the Churchill Downs are trying to cancel Bob Baffert because he doped his horse up to win the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, okay. There, there we go. Right. But, um, uh, <laughs> and they even played what they played my my old uh, my old Kentucky or what's yeah, the they song? My yeah, they said they weren't. They said they weren't not going to play it. So clearly, Baffert, you got uh separate issues going on. Yeah, you got you got issues going on, buddy. Uh, but. Uh, Oh, God. Uh, Medina Spirits will be racing in the Preakness Stakes, though. Um, it's very, it's still yet to be determined if the horse will be uh, disqualified from the Derby. Um, uh, Baffert is suspended from entering horses at any event in Churchill Downs. Um, there's no timetable on that suspension, though, which is very unusual. So they're probably waiting to see what happens uh, with his appeal, if he's appealing and the ruling and everything. So they're waiting to see what happens with that because apparently Baffert is just very adamant that uh, the drug test was contaminated and uh, that he did not give his horse the, the substance uh, that it received. So we'll see what happens here. It's just a comedic shit show if you ask me. The horse led the the horse led the way the entire race was never yeah. passed, and I mean like it was actually a great race to watch. But then like finding this out that after or it didn't come out right away, like what? No, it, it, was, it was about a week and a half later. Yeah, it was like a week later and it Bob, came out. Yeah, Bob like Baffert didn't dope up his horse, and me and you, me and you don't do a podcast called the Lonely Hearts Podcast. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Bob, uh, Bob Baffert, you've got some explaining to do. I don't think you're a part of cancel culture. I think you're just a fool. But um, uh, if you did, if you if you did it, I mean, you know, he may he may be telling the truth here, but there's some. No, don't don't cry, Wolf. Baffert. There's some su- there's some substance to that there, but um, uh, Zane, I won't quit my day job. But <laughs> I want to go on to our next topic here and talk about how the Columbus Crew are no longer the Columbus Crew; they are now known as Columbus SC or Columbus Soccer Club. But before I go into that, I want your take on that, sir. I hate it. I Columbus Crew. I I I, I just love that name. And for them to go and change, I think I think it's, I don't know, I, I stupid. It's stupid. You're Columbus Crew. You're gonna be Columbus Crew to me. Why change it? Why change well, it? Well, what kills me is that they haven't entirely gotten rid of the crew, the name, the crew. They're known as Columbus SC, but their nickname is still the Crew. So why didn't you? Why did you do this rebrand and change your logo? Which I like their logo, by the way. I don't like the new logo. If uh, you saw it, uh, it looks pretty stupid especially because there's like a pointless little triangle at the bottom right. And I'm trying to think like, why is that there? That doesn't make any sense. But I didn't see the new, oh, oh, I'm, I'm seeing it now. That is stupid. Yeah, I don't like it. I, I just, re- I, well, I don't get why they, I, I just doesn't make sense to me. They're still the re- nicknamed the crew, like maybe because they thought the name sounded stupid, but they just, it's stupid. You, you, just, you just won, you just won the, uh, you just won the MLS Cup. Yeah, you want MLS? Cup. And now you're changing your name. What is this? You're changing your name, and they changed your name after the season started. So this is just a complete shit show. Not only are you selling merch that uh, is commemorating you as defending MLS champions, like you know, 2020 MLS Cup winners, and like it says that Columbus Crew and has the old logo on it, but then you also come out with merch for the new season that has your old name and logo on it, and now what two three weeks into the season you announce a rebrand right and now it's gonna piss off the hardcore fans too who have all columbus crew like apparel and stuff yeah i mean first off columbus crew fans should be pissed off in general because like first off they tried the fan they tried people tried to relocate the team to austin and we all know how that turned out with the save the crew save the crew movement the hashtag save the crew so i feel like that this is just, you know, ridiculous on so many levels because first off, there's no originality to the name. Honestly, they just took, they took away the originality. Now you just say, Oh, we're Columbus SC Columbus soccer club. No, it's boring. Like the crew, you're the only soccer team with the the crew as your name. Well, I mean, I liked it. It was cool. It was different. I, I liked it. I mean, exactly. Like, I mean, you don't need, like, you need, you don't need to have FC or SC or whatever, you know, before or after your city or whatever. Like, you know, the Columbus Crew, the Seattle Sounders, right. the LA Galaxy, the Portland Timbers, the Philadelphia Union. They, those were all uh, you unique names. Because it kind of it symbolized, you know, something about the city that they play in or had a little history to tie into the origin of the team. Whereas, like, if you just add SC or FC or even or, you know, as a Man United fan, this is going to come out as hypocritical or even United for the most part. Uh, like, 
um, uh, you know, it's kind of just like, okay, like, you know, you didn't actually come up with anything original. But, I mean, Man United's been Manchester United for over 100 years now, whereas you have team, whereas you yeah, have Liverpool. Liverpool don't, don't even need a United. Where's Liverpool? Yeah, you just Liverpool. We're just that good. You guys, unfortunately, needed to throw United on there because you guys are a bunch of sissies. <laughs> Standings, bug. Mind the gap. Mind the gap. But um, uh, but no, I mean, when you look at the uh, names of, of major yeah. soccer clubs, like there's just really no originality anymore. I mean, I mean, I, I think I, I think what the U.S. teams are trying to do is like they're trying to like get this rebrand to like fit in in the world of soccer, and it's just not working. I guess I don't. No, it, like, it's just this the crew. I don't know. It's just like. For American fans, like this is what we love. That's what it doesn't matter what the people overseas think. I mean, the MLS is becoming a better league to play in, anyways. So you don't need to keep rebranding. Exactly. You're only just pissing off the fans of the league in this country, and you're also pissing off the people of Columbus. I mean, I'm not. For, I mean, I'm not from Ohio. I don't live in Ohio. But there's a lot of people that, like, are on social media that, like, it's a mixed reaction, honestly. There are some people that like it, but a lot of people don't like it. And that just goes to show that, like, you know, bad marketing happens. And in my opinion, whoever decided to rebrand Columbus this way probably needs to be fired because they just really have baseless, bland taste in marketing and really don't know how to sell your sell the club i mean the club was selling already i mean like i said defending mls champions uh very successful franchise they've been they're the they're the they're the original team they were mm -hmm. the first team in mls that's what that's what they're known for so like you didn't really need to do this i mean i don't know i mean i don't know i mean they're not the latest they're not the first club to rebrand to rebrand i mean chicago did it twice montreal just did it too um, uh, so who knows like what's going to happen with more rebranding in MLS, but it's just stupid overall. Um, I mean, it's just good for, I, I don't, I'm not a fan of it. Um, but I want to move on to our next topic here. Um, uh, we're going to stick with soccer. Just want to, uh, say congratulations to all Bayern Munich and Manchester city fans, uh, as their respective teams, uh, won the, won their respective league titles, Bayern Munich winning their ninth straight Bundesliga title and Manchester city winning their third English premier league title in four seasons. Uh, any comments? Well, congratulations, Bayern Munich. Um, Dortmund, come on. You're the only other team that can compete with them in that league. Start they doing it, Dortmund. There this year. No, they weren't. They just – nine titles in a row is just – I it's, don't know. The Bundesliga needs to figure something out because Byron is just a powerhouse. They are a powerhouse. I get I mean, it that, like, every league has their powerhouses. But, I mean, at least – I mean, three of the past four years, City have won it, but at least Liverpool won it last year in the Premier League. I mean, this year, Juventus just lost their first one. I mean, Inter Milan just won the Serie A title. A PSG yes. might not win the league. Un, league. The league. Yeah. And you, this year, you got a three horse race for the La Liga. Or La Liga, excuse me. The so same I mean, three teams in La Liga, though, so that's always annoying to watch. But the quality there is just never good. But uh, no, you got you got those three, and then the quality just completely falls off. Unless unless you got Sevilla in Europa League, then they're just unstoppable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, uh, I mean, I, so, I no, mean, congratulations to them. Uh, congratulations, uh, Byron, um, and but congratulations, fuck city, fuck city. 
Yeah, fuck Manchester City. I mean, uh, their t- quote unquote title celebrations were uh, embarrassing to say the least. I mean, five dudes, five dudes showed up, started jumping around, and that was about it. Yeah, I mean, there will be more people at the United protest that will take place before before the Liverpool match uh, on Thursday. Well, I hope um, it gets uh, cancelled but... again. You guys have to forfeit the three points to us because then we're back in the hunt for top four, especially with Chelsea's mean... lost today. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I hope it's not that serious. I mean, I just Me hope either. it's like so. I just hope it's something like saying, "Hey, fuck you, Glazers," in there. But uh, yeah, congratulations to Bayern Munich. The Bundesliga is a joke. Uh, figure it out to Dortmund and Leipzig. Um, uh, congratulate. Sadly, congratulations to City. Um, uh, they started out in eighth in the Premier League. Once the new year, tur- once the, the calendar turned into the new year, uh, worked their way up to the top. And yes, congratulations to Inter Milan as well. Their fans have to be extremely happy. Uh, finally, yeah. ending uh, Juventus's reign of uh, Serie A dominance uh, for the past nine seasons. Inter Milan winning their first Serie A title in eleven oh, years. I would also um, like to say congratulations to Pep for never having to do an actual thing of managerial work in your fucking career. You piece of dog shit. <laughs> Bald man, the me and, bald. Me and, me and Jeremy could go. We could have won the Champions League with your Barcelona team. We could have coached your Byron team. We could have coached this city team. All we need is the money, like you get, you bald shit. <laughs> exactly. Fair enough. There. Um. Uh, I now with that talk, with the soccer talk done, I just want to move on to uh, a little bit of baseball here, and I just want to figure out like what the hell is going on with the Dodgers. The Los Angeles Dodgers. They started out thirteen and two. They lost. Uh, they lost fifteen out of their out of their last twenty one. After that, worst record in the National League. They did beat the Mariners last night by a score of six to four off of a Gavin Lux home run in the uh, bottom of the eighth. But they lost their previous five series before meeting up with the Mariners last night. Nine mm-hmm. of those losses uh, that. Uh, of those 15 losses were all by one, were by one run. And I'm just trying to figure out how a team so talented that is the defending champions just fell from grace all like out of nowhere and just shit the bet. Oh, the same way the Yankees have. Well, I mean, like the Yankees are bouncing back right now. Well, right? Yeah, I, I was just trying to throw a shot at you. But yeah, I have no idea. I mean, you would have thought this team is always a World Series contender. And right now, I mean, it's a long season for baseball. But it's like, what is actually going on with this team right now? Yeah, I mean, <sighs> the pitching just isn't there for them. I mean, they don't have the bats going at all, really. Except they beat, they put up 14 the other night in the uh, Angels game. But other than that, I mean, they haven't, yeah, really they, had the, they haven't had the bats going. It's just been, I don't know. It's just been awful. I mean, I understand, like, every team goes through, like, a slump at some point. But holy shit, they shit the bed. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like you know, like you said, they put up 14 against the Angels the, uh, a few nights ago. But they also gave up double-digit runs to the Angels in that game. So, like, you know, the pitching just wasn't there. The pitching hasn't been there. I understand that they don't have Dustin May for the rest of the season and possibly going into next season either because he had Tommy John surgery. And uh, he just had the surgery to either today or yesterday, so he's gonna be out for all. He's gonna be out for a while. But you still have Trevor Bauer. You still have Clayton Kershaw. You still have David Price. You still have great pitching there. Um, so I'm may, I don't know what the hell is going on with Dave Roberts' team uh, right now. Um, 
I understand that there's a few injuries there too, but it's just crazy to like see, you know, a team that's shitting the bed so much. I, you know, they're not, they're second or third, they're second or third in the West right now. It kind of just like goes back and forth between like them and the Padres right now. Yeah. Um, uh, between them the Giants I mean the Giants are looking like the Giants are looking like a really good team right now but uh just the surprise of the Dodgers you think they you think they would kind of not I wouldn't say run away with the West right now because it's too early to tell but uh, you think that they would be in first pretty much from start to finish only you say the Dodgers the Padres Oh, Padres. Okay, thank you. That's that's what. Yeah, the Padres. That's what I'm saying. Like the Padres are a good team, but like you think that they would like you know still that they would still fall short of the Dodgers just because of how talented the Dodgers yeah. are when you look at the team. But I mean, it's like fine with said, me because my Mets are looking pretty solid in the NL East, so it's okay. <laughs> I hate the Dodgers myself, so I'm okay with this too. But it's still surprising to see. But like you said, um, uh, there's a lot of season to go. They play the Mariners again. Uh, and then they play the Mariners again. You know, maybe just beating up on the Mar- beating the Mariners, beating up on them, whatever you need to get done, will help them uh, get back into the swing of things. But uh, going off of that, um, uh, before we conclude, I uh, just want to have some final thoughts here. Um, uh, there's a couple things I uh, want to talk about. Um, uh, so Floyd Mayweather, as we all know, is taking on Logan Paul in an exhibition boxing match, which is going to be a complete joke, joke, but will gain a lot of fanfare and a lot of money. But um, a few days ago last week, um, uh, he got into it with his brother, Jake Paul, where uh, Jake Paul, you know, said, I got your hat. So Floyd Mayweather hat and it got into a may and it got into a melee. Uh, where Jake Paul walked out with a black eye, and now Jake Paul is calling out Floyd Mayweather to put up his 50-0 record and get into an actual boxing match, an official boxing match against Jake Paul. No, so first off, you, you can't do that. It's a joke. The weight class is too much. But, I mean, the dude just basically almost cried for getting punched by Mayweather now. How's he going to last in the ring with him? There's no chance he does. I think, honestly – Mayweather, do it. Go make your money because you know you're still going to beat him. I don't care what his weight class is, actually. I think you're still – Mayweather's too good. Jake Paul's not a real boxer. If Jake Paul wants to be a real boxer. He's got to start fighting real boxers. As soon as he starts fighting real boxer, I'll give him respect, but he doesn't. He fights old UFC fighters. He fights Chaos and his brother Deji, who came into their fight, not even knowing how to throw a punch, I don't think. But Jake Paul, you go fight a real boxer. And then you can talk about Todd Mayweather about actually getting in a fight with you, you piece of dog shit. <laughs> I'm, I just find the whole thing completely a joke. I mean, boxing, oh, like, you know, you think boxing is like on the up and up because, like, when you look at uh, what's going on with the heavyweight division between yeah. Fury and Joshua and Wilder, and even like lower divisions, like Canelo, Al- Canelo Alvarez, like, gets a lot of fanfare. Did you, did you see the Canelo fight uh, this past weekend? He not, yeah, he beat up on Billy Joe Saunders, ended yeah. up having to send him to the hospital. I mean, Canelo Alvarez is still there. And then, like, even in lighter divisions after that, like, there's so much talent. But then, like, you know, they just talked about, like, YouTube fight, YouTube uh, personalities getting into the ring with old, washed-up, retired boxers. And well, that's where the money is. That is where the money is. I mean, what what's next? Uh, is Tyson coming out? Is Tyson going to fight Holyfield next? <laughs> I, saw, I, saw a tweet, I saw a tweet the other day. He said, said what the fuck did boxing become the WWE? <laughs> I mean, I, I, Vince McMahon runs boxing. Right, now. Vince McMahon's behind it all. But uh, no, I mean, it, I'm going to find a way to watch. I'm still going to find a way to watch the Floyd uh, 
Logan Paul fight uh, stream it illegally because there's no shot I actually pay for that fight. <laughs> but I'm going to try to find a way to watch it illegally. I would love to see Floyd actually beat the shit out of Jake Paul as well. I mean, fuck, do a handicap match. Do a two-on-one handicap match. Both brothers versus Floyd. I think McMahon is really time. running boxing now. But, <laughs> I mean, it's a joke. It's all a joke. The Paul brothers, like, they're bo- – I mean, Jake Paul is definitely a better boxer of the two. Logan Paul is probably going to get his shit kicked by Floyd. Um, uh, but the whole thing's a joke. Would well, you see um, the weight class that they have to be in for the fight? No, I did not. Floyd, can't, Floyd can't come in over 150. And Logan Paul, he said he can come in above. I think he was like – or maybe it might have been he can't come up. Floyd can't come in at like above 175 maybe. And Logan Paul, he weighs about 215 to 230. Now he said he can weigh as much as he wants basically. Oh, yeah, that's completely fair and reasonable there. <laughs> Such a joke. What a joke. All right, speaking of jokes, I want to conclude on our last thing here before we go on to our last thing here before we conclude the podcast. And that is Tim Tebow to the Jacksonville Jaguars. That is actually happening, folks. Tim Tebow, after being out of football for seven years, where he had a short baseball career and also spent time as an ESPN college football analyst, reunites with his old head coach from the University of Florida Gators, uh, Urban Meyer, where he will try out to be their tight end and potentially take Trevor Lawrence's spot at quarterback uh, once uh, Trevor Lawrence shits the bed after week five. Just kidding there. But, he, had a, um, he, had a, he had a he had a killer uh, guy to learn behind in Florida for tight end, though. Oh, yeah. What's next? Uh, is he coming back from the dead? Oh, my God. This is such a joke. <laughs> he did have a killer. It's such a joke. He did have a – he technically actually did have a killer tight end. Uh, he did have a killer tight end. Oh, my God. This will be interesting to see. I mean, maybe – I mean, Tim T would at least a body for a tight end. Yeah, but he doesn't have the skill <laughs> for tight end. He's been out of football for seven years. Oh, yeah. Everybody's I mean, he could be like Gronk. Gronk's slow, but just big. It's, this move just baffles me from he- like literally baffles me from head well, to toe. Like when I was a joke, anyways. Well, I mean, any publicity is good publicity, as they say. <laughs> which is why, why, which is why the YouTube, which is why the YouTube personalities are doing what they're doing with boxing because they know that they're going to get the publicity, and Jacksonville knows that they're going to get the publicity with Tebow coming back. And there's a lot of Tebow fans out there that will just buy his jersey, and it'll probably be one of the highest selling jerseys of the season. Uh, I won't say top five because there's not a lot because people aren't that stupid. But, I mean, you know, if Tebow actually does come on a training camp on the actual 53-man roster, I will be completely surprised. But this is just a complete joke. Uh, Urban a lot of Meyer, people are mad about it. Like a lot of, like, uh, the cancel culture people are mad about it. A lot of people, a lot of people are mad about it, um, uh, and I don't want to go into that because that's going to turn political, and I'm not a political podcast. But I, but um, uh, he's also been out of the league for a long time too, and that's was all it, I'm going to say there. Who but, was the last team he even played on the league? Was it Denver or the Jets? Uh, the last time he played on a team was on a team. I believe it was the Jets. The last time he play actually played, I believe it is Denver. Um, uh, I could be wrong with flip flop, but I do remember Tim. T- the only thing I remember from Tim Tebow was when they beat the Steelers in the playoff game, uh, back in like 2011, 20, 2011, 2012, uh, with uh, the pass to Demarius Thomas in overtime. Yeah. But that's the only memory I have of Tim Tebow in, in the NFL. I don't remember him actually doing anything after, before or after that. I know he started in Denver for a little bit. 
Um, uh, I do remember him being on the Jets in their training camp and they cut him. I can't mm-hmm. remember if that was before or after Denver. But after that, like, I rem- next thing I know, like, he's on television, like, talking college football <laughs> for ESPN. So and what then you're saying also- almost nine years since the league? Seven. It's been, like, seven, eight years since he's been out of the league. And, like, he also had a failed baseball career. He tried to uh, go go up through the Mets organization. Um, uh, he ended up playing in Syracuse uh, with their AAA affiliate for a, for a couple games, if I'm correct there. But, um, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's just a complete joke to me. Um, uh, I don't – I don't know what's going on down there. I mean, Urban Myers, Urban Myers at the wheel, everybody. You know, uh, full speed ahead. That's I mean, I just can't wait for the NFL schedule fully releases tonight. Um, so we know we're opening up against the Bills are opening up against uh, Pittsburgh at Highmark Stadium. That's weird to say. I'm not really sure if I like that. Um, and then we also uh, did you see? It's been reported that we're going down to New Orleans for a Thanksgiving game. Yes. Um. Uh, yes, I was. Talking, can only I was can only imagine the scene. Uh, on uh, the biggest drinking night of the year down on a Bourbon Street. Oh, all the Bills like fans. <laughs> gonna be like Mardi Gras down there. Yeah, I know. I saw all the leaks this morning. I figured we would touch. I figured we would touch on the schedule and talk about matchups and everything next week because when we record is always when we record. You know, the timing just like isn't like there. I know that most of the matchups that that have been leaked will most likely be true, but when we get a full scale of things to come for not only our teams but also for other teams and national schedules for Sunday night football and Monday night football too, we can go more into into depth about that. But I'm excited to see what the schedule comes out with. Uh, I know that uh, the Giants will take on the Broncos week one. So uh, opening game of the week or year is a joke. You got the. Buccaneers going up against the Cowboys. I mean, we're not NFL, talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Right the now. NFL still sucks off the Cowboys. <laughs> yes, they do, and the media does too. And we're not going to we're not going to talk about that overhyped, overrated, and overcovered franchise in Texas on this episode. We can talk about them next episode, um, uh, and we can shit on them then. Um, do you have any final thoughts uh, uh, other than what we just talked about, sir? No, I think we really touched on everything that I wanted to hit on. I mean. That's really it. I hope the Sabres get shit figured out. Um, can't wait to see the schedule release tonight. Can't wait for the hockey playoffs to start. Um, can't wait to see Baffert's horse dope up some more before the next race. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. We're in. For, we're in it for the long run. Bob Baffert, you're in deep. You're in deep trouble if your horse is continuing to dope. But other than that, that concludes another episode of the Lonely Heart Sports Podcast. You can listen and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow the Lonely Heart Sports Podcast on Instagram at Lonely Heart Sports Podcast. Uh, and until then, just keep on keeping on. Keep on rocking in the free world, everybody. Thank you.